Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Oh, sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a President's Day weekend, a basketball Friday, all that good stuff. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. You want to give us your thoughts on the All-Star weekend, Harden, Westbrook, Durant, will they Pass the ball, all the good stuff. Let's talk about it. Ray, before we get to the NBA basketball, a little spring training, pitchers, catchers, are you concerned? We don't know officially what has happened. We know the Chargers against Darrell Revis and two men allegedly knocked out. Is this sort of a sad end to a potential Hall of Fame corner career, or does he still have – two years left potentially at safety and maybe things can, you know, end on a better note than this. What are you thinking? So I think it's too early to tell if, I mean, they're, they're impressive felony, four felony charges. So that's, that's serious stuff. This is a misdemeanor, but I don't know if Darrell Revis will ever be Darrell Revis. So you're right that his next move might have to be to save. If he, if he makes it back on the, on the field, he might have to play safety or might have to play nickel corner. The thing is, he's a $15 million hit to the Jets' salary cap. That's big. That's I think it's second or third amongst all cornerbacks in the league. So the Jets really have some, some decision-making to do with this guy. Look, I still think he's he's legit. He only had one interception last year, though. But I, I still think he's he's, despite getting toasted, <laughs> several times last year. I just think he had a bad season. I, I don't know that his career is over. So let's see if he can put this. The good thing is this happened early enough in the off season that he can cut a deal. He can do whatever he can get out of this and then make it back to, you know, all you really need him for. He's a veteran. All you need him really need him for is back in August, you know, in preseason. But, but there's mini camps, there's OTAs and there's all this other stuff. Uh, but, but I, I look for DeRover to be back on the field unless, there's something happening here that we don't know. Right. I I kind of agree. I just think it's got to be a safety. I don't think he can play corner anymore. Um, I, I just, it, 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 it kind of ended fast. When that speed goes, it can go quickly. And at no other position in the NFL do you see it more than at cornerback. So let's get to the good stuff, man. It's NBA All-Star Weekend with football gone and behind us. And, you know, we got, uh, what, the uh, <clears throat> free agent tags and all that stuff coming up and the, the um, combine. So we, we got plenty of stuff to still touch on on football. But it's basketball season. We have a great All-Star Weekend, 24 of the best players on the planet. Carmelo was added for Kevin Love. And I want to start there. 
with you, and obviously the trade deadline is Thursday. But with Kello, Camelo, Lo- Camelo Love, <laughs> Camelo Love, that's a new player, right? Like Buddy Love. <laughs> Buddy Love. But with Melo replacing Love, man, let me ask you, do you think it is a positive for the Knicks to have Melo there or almost a negative to have Melo there? And I say, ask you that in the sense that he would tell the other stars maybe, you know, hey, if you come play with me, this can all be fixed, yada, yada, yada. Or be tell the stars, I don't want to be traded, but if I can find the right spot, I'll go. But this place is a zoo and a mess. Dolan, Phil, don't ever sign here, yada, yada. What do you, what do you, what do you read on that? Do you think there's a pro or a con with Melo being there or a non-factor? Well, look, to the extent that all these guys have egos, I think Carmelo Anthony thinks of himself as an elite player. And when you go to All-Star Weekend, that means you're one of the elite players in the NFL, sorry, in the NBA, and you're able to hobnob with all your buddies and be on the court. Now, apparently he wasn't going to be there if he didn't make the team because he just arrived in New Orleans, so he missed media day today, but he'll be able to make it tomorrow. So I think for Carmelo's attitude, for his own kind of, I don't want to say self-confident because obviously he's a confident guy, but just, just, he gets a little bit of the warm fuzzies, I would think, uh, being recognized as an all-star. So that's good for Carmelo's perspective. For the Knicks' perspective, I guess it's good to have an all-star. Look, these guys all know each other. So it's not like Carmelo suddenly is going to tell people, hey, man, New York's, are dis- New York's a dysfunctional place and the, the Knicks aren't that good and, and I don't know. He he would If he's going to do that, he's going to do that anyway. So I think in general it's a positive because he comes back, he's a little more fired up, he's you know, yeah, I got recognized as, as an all-star once again. So I, th- I think all in all, good uh, Knicks get to feel good. They have an all-star again in Carmelo. So I think all in all, it's good. You know my opinion. It, Knicks and Carmelo have to have to part ways. I think they have to part ways with Phil Jackson and Carmelo. I mean, the only person who can stay is Jim Dolan because he owns the team. But uh, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson and Carmelo have to go. I just think it's time. You're probably right. I just think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for that to happen. Well, let's look at some of the fun things that are that are going to be happening. And that is... Uh, what is this? So, the fun things are three-point dunk rising stars. And, Ray, if I'm being honest, you know... When you look at the dunk and you say, what, Derek Jones Jr., but then you see the highlights of the kid, D-League and the Suns, and you're like, wow, this guy is sick. You know, Zach got hurt, DeAndre Jordan, um, Glenn Robinson III, and uh, Aaron Gordon. Who would you pick? And is it something that you don't care about, or could it be sneaky good, and you're like, eh, let me watch it just in case something great happens? Well, look, you know Aaron Gordon. He should have won last year. Yeah. Or was it two years ago? Last year. Last year. So I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon. I'm going to say that this guy is really an unbelievable athlete, and at 6'9", 6'10", it it makes you reminisce about the old Larry Nance days and even Blake Griffin days. Now, can, can your boy, Derek Jones Jr., can he do some big things? Maybe. 
Maybe. I mean, the stage is kind of big, All-Star Weekend. Uh, Glenn Robinson, I didn't really look at him as a, as a crazy dunker, um, but we'll see. And then DeAndre Jordan, you know, of course, no big man has really ever, you know, beaten a small guy of the same quality, you know, caliber. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the, the, the tie always goes to the smaller guy, um, except in this case, to me, Aaron Gordon's the favorite. Um, and he's 6'10", so who knows? Maybe DeAndre Jordan has some stuff for us, um, but it's rare to see, like, the classic center do his thing. I mean, you, sometimes, you know, you had Dwight Howard, but he's a freak athlete. Um, so I, I think Aaron Gordon's my guy, and I'd still have to wa- I, I have to watch it just because that's the slam dunk competition, man. you got to watch. No, yeah, you're, you're right about that. You definitely got to watch, and – um, for some reason, I, I think there might be an upset. For some reason, I think this Derek, they call him airplane mode. When you got a name that cats give you, airplane mode, like that means like, you know, you might be doing some high flying stuff. And just a couple of highlights and I saw a video on YouTube and I was like, wow, this kid is crazy. So we'll see. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where it could be crazy fun and you're just hoping that you get those moments where you're like, oh, and you got to text and tweet and you're going crazy and you're just, you know, you're just so excited and you got to reach out to people. I think that's what's fun about NBA All-Star Weekend. But now, Ray, it's almost been like the three-point competition is the thing to watch. You know, not the greatest names. Um, obviously, it's Kyrie and Lowry, some other guys. But Clay Thompson's defending his title. Curry's not in it this year. Is it Clay's to lose, or do you see somebody else sneaking up in there and trying to steal it from him? No, I don't think it's Clay's to lose at all. I think, look, Clay is perfect for this competition because he's six seven and he doesn't really jump. Right, you like the taller guys that can shoot basically a set shot, and they have an advantage over like the six feet, the six foot guys that need to jump. But I don't think it's Clay's to lose at all. I think that everybody in this competition has a has a legitimate chance. I mean, some people don't. I don't think Swaggy P is winning it. I don't think Kemba Walker's winning it. Um, yeah. I'm a little but, surprised those guys are in it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm not really down with them in terms of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, but you know, you know, sneaky. So, so here's the thing: if you look at their three-point percentages, the worst of the three-point percentages of the qualifiers are in in the competition is Wesley Matthews, right? And I think he he's streaky. He can be good. So it goes West Matthews and then Ben Gordon, and then Kyrie Irving. Those are the three worst in terms of percentages. And then the three best are Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry's the best at 424. And then Nick Young, believe it or not, is the second best. And then C.J. McCollum is third best. So, so by the numbers... It's pretty funny. You would think Kyle Lowry is the favorite. But, again, I just don't think for three rounds, the short guy, the jump shooter, I don't like him. So my guy, if I had to put, if I had to put some, you know, put some skin in the game, <laughs> I'm going to go 
even though he's got the worst shooting percentage of all of them, I'm going to go Wes Matthews. Mm, you like Wes. He's got, I mean, Wes has got a shot. C.J. McCullough's got a shot. I haven't seen Lowry be that consistent. So, for me, I, the only one guy that, you know, really you could see an upset for me is Kyrie. But I'm going to go with Clay. I got to go with the obvious because I think Clay, it's almost like because he has, you know, taken a little bit of a backseat this year with Durant there and, you know, him and Green have had to step back a little bit. I think Clay's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to do this all-star weekend and, and, and try to shine. So I think that should be kind of fun. The rising stars, man, you got the world against the, you know, against the American team, U.S. team. I mean, it's really like Porzingis and Embiid against Towns. And, I mean, there, there's some good matchups here. Do you have a feel? Are you looking to see if anybody's going to step up and kind of outshine someone? Do, do you see anybody dominating in this game or just be like, you know, 105, 103, and whoever gets the ball last will win it? Yeah, it's so hard, especially because the the real the guys I want to see are the big men, like you said, and the big men are dependent on guards to get them the ball. So, you know, the the guys who can shine in this are, are the point guards, the small forwards who can handle the ball and kind of create their own shot. So, so I say look out for Booker. Step. I think Booker is going to have a big game. That's your boy, right? And and Phoenix, he's a Booker, big he's thing. Good, man. Yeah, he's a shooter. He's a spot-up shooter. He can also create off the dribble. I like his game, and and he's the type of guy that could dominate because guards always have the ball in their hands. So this game, to me, is a little bit like a a McDonald's All-America game. You know, your guy will show stretches for five, ten minutes, but I want to see, like I said, I want to see the big men. And the big men, this is not the right forum for them. But it'll still be fun and entertaining, so I'll watch. Yeah, that should be a good one. So let, let's get to the main storyline. The East against the West. We know the, the participants, the, the, the teams, the West. We discussed it, you know, earlier when they first announced it. Uh, way bigger roster, more dominant, more all-stars. It's like LeBron, and then they've got the next eight best players before you get back to the, <laughs> to the East, maybe. Um, could you see, though, and I threw this out there on Twitter because – John Wall this morning, he was on some shows, and he basically said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. And he's playing like that guy. The Wizards are, what, 28-6 and six in, in you know, their last 34 games. They've been killing it, Ray. Really like the hottest team in the NBA uh, for a while, for a stretch. Them, the Heat, obviously the Warriors, Celtics have been great. But do you feel that John Wall is, is, is like, he's like, I'm coming for your spot in terms of Westbrook, Curry, Kyrie, where he's going to make a claim, maybe even get the Wizards to the Eastern Conference Finals, that he's the best point guard. And then do you think you could see that go off in the game where he tries to go at Curry and Westbrook? You think this could be John Wall's weekend? Or are you looking for it to be about Westbrook, Durant? Do they pass? Do they talk to each other? Are they have the, does Curry do the Warriors and, and Westbrook on the court at the same time? What do you think is going to play out over here Sunday in New Orleans? So I think that John Wall will try to do his thing, but 
the West has too much depth, too much power, and it's his position. The West guards are too tough. Now, the thing is, James Harden doesn't play great defense. Uh, neither does neither does Steph Curry, <laughs> right? He, he's good at you know got quick hands. He can steal the ball, but what Westbrook plays D, when, especially when he wants to. Um, obviously, he plays D all the time, but but you know in an All Star game you may not want to. I just think the West is too much talent, too much depth, too much everything. So it's all about the West to me. Wall might be one of these guys that that alienates his teammates by going like four for thirty or something like that. He might try too hard. <laughs> he might try too hard to uh, to get his you know to get his shot going. I, I just think the disparity. I can't remember a season where the disparity in talent was so huge between the West and the East. It's it's, it's not this even like remarkable. it was in the nineties. It's it's so unbelievable. And I think you said it best. We talked about this before. Where where you know if if LeBron's the best player in the NBA, the next five or ten are sitting on the West team. Uh, so it's it's crazy. So I do think it'll be all about the West, and of course the, the four Warriors and the microphones and, and the cameras will be out, and how are they going to interact with Durant, and, and how are they going to interact with Westbrook. and you know. So I think it's all about the West. I think the drama is on the West side. The talent's on the West side. The West's going to win by 20. It's just, it's just all about the West. Wow, 20. You, I, now, see, I wonder if LeBron and Kyrie are like, nah, we're not having that. You know what I mean? I don't know if they have enough dogs with yeah, them. Yeah, but they're not going to play 40 minutes, though. This is not right, a game right. where and they play 40 minutes. They'll play 20. They don't even have anything close to a center because their, their center is LeBron, Melo, or Millsap. So Kevin Love was like their biggest guy. You know what I mean? So they don't even have it's, – uh, it's just a bad matchup. And I want to see Boogie Cousins hit a three and Anthony Davis. Now, do you think that they'll try to get Davis MVP since he's, you know, the home guy? Do you think the West might do that for him? I could see that. They might. He seems like a young guy that people tend to like. He he hasn't ruffled any feathers. So he could be definitely one of these guys that, that they look out for. Look, Westbrook has his MVP. <laughs> um, Durant. But he also has his mentality where he's like, if I'm on the court, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the GOAT. <laughs> Yeah, but I, you know what? I think he's maturing a little bit. Plus, he sees that people recognize who he is. The only reason he might do it is to say, look, I need to outshine James Harden because it can't be the case that I am doing everything for my team, averaging a triple-double, and that guy wins the MVP. I mean, that's probably the only thing that would motivate him the other way around to win the All-Star MVP, you know what I mean? And also to show up his uh, his Golden State fellows. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I don't think they'll win by 20. I'll say like 15. And for me, I'll, uh, just cause I'd like to see it. I'll say the MVP is, um, is Anthony Davis. I think he puts up like, you know, 28, 11, four blocks. Like I think he tries to, you know, do a little bit of everything. Um, and you know, he's uber talented. So it should be, it should be, it should just be a fun weekend. And I think if nothing else, out of all the all-star games, you know, it's the best in the sense that baseball, there's too many guys that you don't really care about because they represent every team. So, you know, this is the pure best all-star game, but I think this is the best weekend. Hockey and baseball and football, they don't have the whole, you know, even though they're all trying and they're, they're marketing, they're trying to kind of copy the basketball with the skills and the, you know, everything. But I think the best, overall weekend 
uh, NBA takes that by far. So it should just be fun. And I think we need that right now with all the silliness going on in our country. And that's what sports is. So let's get to college basketball, man, before we end with the, the good stuff for spring. We'll see another rankings come out. Uh, I would guess, and I would tell you this, I think two teams um, from the Big Ten might be in the top 16 this time. And I would think it would be, um, you know, because it will come out before the Maryland-Wisconsin game. So it could be Maryland and Wisconsin. But Wisconsin lost last week. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. Wisconsin, Wisconsin lost, right, but they ranked 11th. So let's see, you know, how that plays out. But they lost this week. Yeah, they lost to um, to Michigan. Um, so maybe it's not Wisconsin, but maybe it's Maryland or Purdue. You know, Maryland just had a nice win in Northwestern. That's where I was kind of going. And I would bet that either Purdue or Maryland gets into that top 16. Probably Purdue, but, I, you know, I think Maryland's got a shot. Um but I think Gonzaga will either move up to the second number one or the first number one. What do you think that will look like come? What do they do? It's Saturday morning, right? So what do you think Saturday morning we'll see with that? Uh, you know, Kansas and Baylor, I think, are better than Gonzaga, frankly. But but you might be right that it might be Villanova-Gonzaga, Kansas-Baylor. Uh, the thing is, I, I think it's too early, and spe- they're trying to market this and trying to be like college with these uh-huh. uh, rankings. I mean, it's really irrelevant because you still have two or three more so weeks, much. and you still have the conference tournaments to play. So, you know, the ranking on February, you know, fifteenth, twenty-second, whenever they do it for the next three weeks, is really not that. Not that important. I mean, oh, people no. could drop just, two or three lines, yeah, I, right? I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think, look, look, Baylor already lost this week, and they played Kansas this week on Saturday. So, I mean, we got some good games. Let's let's look forward to that. And, and Gonzaga, give them credit, though. They won last night 27-0. Does Kansas win at Baylor? Can Baylor, you know, and you kind of hinted at this Monday that you thought Kansas would sweep the week, but does Baylor have a shot for redemption trying to hold Kansas off on their home court? They do. They do. They could certainly win the game, but I think that Kansas is, is in – Bill Self is in tournament mode. And mm. Baylor, to the extent that they're, they haven't experienced that much success in the last, you know, 10, 20 years, they're just now learning how to be a top franchise and program, if you will. So I think that Kansas goes in there, takes care of business, 2-0, and and boom, boom, on to the big 12 – tournament my friend i gotta tell you I, I i think kansas wins too but i'm looking forward to texas tech at west virginia because texas tech this got that Waco, though, so baylor you know baylor might get the oh, yeah, no, Baylor's at home. they're tough they're tough i give those self credit though man they 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 bring it on the road and and quiet as cat kansas frank mason and josh hart could be the two leaders villanova and kansas for player of the year you know, some people like the uh, kid from Gonzaga. We'll see. But I also like uh, North Carolina hosting Virginia. Virginia had a rough loss against Duke. Uh, North Carolina smacked NC State. And I think North Carolina, like you said, with Bill Self, I think they're in tournament mode, Ray. And I think our Tar Heels are ready to put it on Virginia come this weekend. So that should be another, you know, good matchup. And I want to ask you, dude, 
do you, you got the Tar Heels and do you got my terms beating Wisconsin? What do you think? Big Ten. So, yeah, I think the Tar Heels take care of business. I always thought Virginia was a little overrated. Uh, yeah. I think this is an important game for Carolina. They want to, you know, go into that last week of the season, go meet Duke, and then go start their tournament, uh, you know, push. Um, so, yeah, I do think Carolina at home takes care of Virginia. That, that to me, that's not um, – I think they'll take care of them pretty easily, eight to ten points, something like that. As for yeah. your Terps. No Terps? Oof. I, you know, this it's team is gone. so – uh, it's so tough to predict, too. So the game is at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It's in the Cole Center. So I got to go with Wisconsin on this one. I, I really think that Wisconsin is so tough at home. Bennett has a voice playing really well. and Not Bennett, uh, the new coach that took over. Um, he, has, he has a coach he has a team playing really well. I think that their home court is pretty, you know, their home court advantage is pretty substantial. I think even on a neutral court, this game might be, you know, a really close game. But I got to say that it tips in the favor of the Badgers being that it's in Madison on Sunday morning. I think it's a close game, and I think that your Jackson and Trimble play well, but not enough. I like Wisconsin maybe by three or four points. Our, my Terps are 22-4. and four. And I think winning at Northwestern this week gave them crazy confidence. And I think Melo is finally, my man, my Melo is playing with the confidence that he needs. He's hitting some shots. Jackson, Dot. I mean, the, the Terps actually might be better than they were last year when they had, you know, two guys playing in the NBA, Stone and Lehman. But um, the versatility, and they got guys off the bench, and the Jackson kid is becoming a little star as a freshman. So, I think Maryland's going to get an upset, man. I think they're going to go into Wisconsin and, and, and pull off an upset. And uh, either way, it should be a good weekend, college hoops. And I'll tell you one thing. Oh, we got to mention, of course, your boy. Now, this is weird with NC State. I don't know why they would do this. They fire Godfrey, but they let them finish out the season. Is it just for the continuity? But, but I know they want to fire him early so they can get a head start on trying to get coaches. Where do you think NC State, NC State needs to go? Let's start there real quick. Do they go with former players? Cortiani you know, get a I, I don't have a I don't have a bias for former players. Get the best coach, right? If yeah. the best coach happens to be a former player, go get him. Um, now, look, St. John's tried to bring back Chris Mullen. Not tried. They brought back Chris Mullen and tried and they tried the whole path of former player resurrecting the program. I don't know. Is, is that going to work? TBD. But before that, they they had a they had a coach right, and Steve Lavin, a, legit, a legitimate coach, came from the Gene Cady tree and went to UCLA, had some success there. So to me, it could be a player, it could be a coach, it could be an assistant coach, it could be an alum, whatever. Just get the best coach. Look, the ACC is brutal, and you either have to have a crazy good tactician. Uh, or you got to have a crazy recruiter because to go up against Duke, Carolina, and now Virginia and Syracuse, Syracuse is having a down year, right? But Virginia and Syracuse and all these teams in the ACC, Notre Dame basically an ACC team, 
And it's just so tough to put Louisville. It's just so tough to play in that league. So yeah, NC State's probably years away from rebuilding. Years away. So you have to make a decision. Are you going with a young coach and you're going to give him five, ten years? Are you going to go try to make a splash with a recruiter to try and keep one or two Carolina kids away from Duke or North Carolina? It's just so tough to to, to play in that league. And And he's like the young Shaka Smart. That's what they need, man. Why don't they just let Corsiani and Rodney Monroe? Let's bring back fire and ice. I say hire Monroe and Corsiani, baby. Oh, my God. (laughs) That'd be awesome. That is funny. So, Ray, (laughs) the good news is, I mean, over here, the weather's great. California and Arizona, we're going to have rainstorms this weekend. So, I'll get a little chilly weather, but it's been beautiful. Out there, you've been dealing with the cold. But hope is eternal. Spring brings the hope. And pitchers and catchers are here. Everybody says, you know, the Cubs are the odds-on favorite to repeat. Scherzer's got a little issue with the knuckle and had a little procedure. You don't know if the Dodgers are really ready. You know, Mets, they're worried about their pitchers. Do you feel like anyone in the National League is ready to challenge the Cubs? And do you think it's just the Red Sox Invitational in the AL or or could we have the, you know, like I said, the repeat Cubs uh, against the Indians? What are your early odds when you're looking at the start of the 17th season for baseball? So I think there's three or four elite teams that have a definite advantage if you're going to put your money down in Vegas. And in the National League, you got to say the Cubs are number one. The Nationals are number two with that pitching staff and they're starting to to hit a little bit, and maybe the Dodgers. Um, you know, then you've got the second tier of teams that you can never count out. Right, the Mets with that pitching staff, uh, they locked down Cespedes for another couple of years. You've got the Cardinals never go anywhere. So those are probably your top teams in the National League and the American League. Cleveland Indians, right? No reason to think. And they added Edwin Encarnacion, and yeah. they. They get uh, um, the outfielder. What's his name? Back. Um, Tarasco. He got hurt. No, no, no. The, the, oh. No, no, no. What's his oh, name? Oh, Bradley. Uh, um, Bradley. Yeah. Michael yeah, Bradley. Bradley. Back. Yeah. Right. So you've got him. You got the pitching staff getting healthy. You've got the experience of going to. So are, maybe they're the Kansas City Royals of of next year, right? They're they're yeah. one inning away from winning the World Series. So I got to believe that it really comes down to the Red Sox and the Indians in the American League, and everybody else is just looking up at those two. Hey, don't sleep on the Rangers. They just got Mike Napoli back. <laughs> yeah, I but hear you. I mean, they're good. They'll probably win the West, but I don't know. Those two, those two, uh, that Central and that East are, are look like it, it's runaway Red Sox and Indians. Yeah, yeah, no. This is uh this is almost like a kind of like Cavs Warriors type of season where you're thinking although the one thing about baseball, once you get to the wild card and the playoffs, you never know a team could get so hot. I mean we, we saw it happen, you know, a couple of years ago, but you, you feel like it's Cubs Red Sox, Cubs Indians, you know, Dodgers. Poor Nationals, though, Ray, they never win a series. And you just wonder, can they finally get over the hump? You know? So, we'll see. We'll talk more about it. Listen, it's going to be a great sports weekend, President's Day weekend. 
Um, you know, we'll be back Monday. After this, you're going to get a lot of hype of the NBA trade deadline, which is the 23rd. The Knicks open up at Cleveland on Thursday, the 23rd. Hopefully, we're trying to work on a guest for you to talk about it either Monday or Friday. But uh, either way, stay tuned. We will be all over all the trades and recap All-Star Weekend. So enjoy, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a great sports weekend. Enjoy the NBA All-Star Festivity. Monday. Derek Jones.